This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. There are many financial disaster scenarios being predicted if Washington fails to raise the debt ceiling by October 17th. Given the political volatility around the issue, a catastrophic outcome cannot be ruled out. But a deep financial crisis is unlikely because the President and the Treasury Department have many levers available to help them avoid worst-case outcomes for some time, says Wharton Finance Professor Franklin Allen. We're speaking today with Wharton Professor Franklin Allen about the potential U.S. government's default on its debt around October 17th. Uh, Professor Allen is the co-editor of a recently published book entitled Is U.S. Government Debt Different?, which was published by the Wharton Financial Institution Center, and it's available for free on its website. It's a collection of essays written for exactly this kind of a potential crisis. Uh, Franklin, thanks very much for joining us this morning. That's my pleasure. Thank you. It appears the government shutdown issue is merging with the debt ceiling issue to create the mother of all debt confrontations. As we know, the U.S. government is set to run out of money around October 17th, unless the debt limit is raised. Um, So putting the politics aside for now, because they're murky at best, and based on the Wharton seminar on which your book is based, what do you think are the best case, medium case, and worst case scenarios uh, for the outcome for this uh, potential crisis? Well, the best case scenario is that they do the deal, and we're finished with this in the next day or two. Uh, but I, I think that that's, um, that's unlikely to happen. I, I think um, the medium scenario is probably that this goes on for some time to come. I, I think uh, the shutdown probably isn't so damaging, especially since I understand that the Pentagon is sending back um, 350,000 people to work. So Uh, that that's reduced the total significantly. Uh, But uh, as the press has indicated, the real action, so to speak, is in the the debt ceiling. And um, one of the interesting things that I think we learned from this conference is that there are ways for them to avoid default. And I think there are good reasons to do that. There's a a very interesting chapter in the book, uh, Chapter 5, by Professor Michael McConnell from Stanford University, which goes into the debt clause of the 14th Amendment. And this is um, a part of our Constitution which says, to to abbreviate it, basically the the debt of the United States, if it's legally issued, shall not be questioned. Now, there's an issue about what does that mean, but essentially... It is difficult for the government to avoid or to default, and because if there was any sense of that, even a technical default, I think that there would be constitutional issues raised, and, and that would be difficult for the government. Uh, in Chapter 6 by uh, Professor Harold Jackson from uh, Harvard University, he, he goes through scenarios of, uh, about how the government can avoid default on the debt. And essentially, what seems likely to happen if they don't raise the debt ceiling, and and we go through that period of October 17th or whenever it is where the government can't borrow anymore, 
then what's likely to happen is some kind of modified first in, first out, whereby all the bills that come into the government will be placed in a pile, so to speak. And then as the money comes in from the tax revenues that will still be collected, then they'll pay the bills that are on the top of the stack. Now, what happens, of course, since they can't borrow, and uh, that pays a substantial part of our expenditure at the moment, is that the time that it will take for people to get paid is will lengthen. Now, they can prioritize various things, and they, in particular, can prioritize the interest payments. So there's no reason for, that we need to have a default. There's plenty of tax revenue to cover the interest and so what will happen is that people will get paid, but it will take longer and longer. And I think the interesting question will be how the Treasury deals with that, whether they will try and send letters to people to explain when they're likely to get paid and whether they can take those to banks and borrow against them and so on. I think there's little doubt that these people will eventually all get paid. The only issue is the timing of it. So I think that's the medium-term scenario, which is that we, we can go on a, fair, a fairly long time without the debt ceiling being raised. I think the worst-case scenario is that uh, there is a default, and then I think it, it's very uncertain how things will play out. I think a lot of the e legal issues will be, be um, quite incendiary and, as I say, very difficult to predict. And uh, that indeed could be very bad. And this, of course, is what they are trying, what the politicians are trying to emphasize is, is, is this worst case scenario. Although I think myself, it's fairly unlikely it'll play out that way. All right, then. Um, I've, I've noticed that uh, some observers have noted that uh, a failure to raise the debt ceiling would require an immediate sharp cut in spending, uh, so even if there weren't a default. So, there's uh, a paper out by Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, that says uh, if the debt ceiling is not lifted, then the U.S. would have to immediately cut its budget um, by about 20%, which is equal to about 4% of GDP. Uh, that would push the U.S. into another recession, even if there were no default. And so I'm wondering what you think about that. What are the consequences for the U.S. economy and for the world economy? So again, I would put that towards the end of the, the, the worst-case scenario, and, and again, there's a lot of uncertainty about exactly how things will be play out. If that was to happen, if they had to balance the budget pretty much straight away, there would be a big cut, and then that would have big follow-on effects. Uh, I guess my own judgment would be that there will, in effect, be a form of government borrowing, which is that these payments will be elongated so that if you um, are selling to the federal government, then it's going to take you a long time to get your money, but that they can build into that effectively an interest rate payment. And as I say, at some point, I think it's fairly clear that everybody will get paid. It's interesting. My understanding is that, that Congress passed um, over the weekend that all the workers who are currently on furlough, for example, will ultimately be paid. So I think that the same will happen with suppliers. And, and the real uh, question is who's going to provide that credit in the meantime with to a, what is effectively a form of borrowing, although legally it won't contribute to the debt ceiling. It's just a delayed payment. And 
So I, my own guess is that the banks and, and maybe the Federal Reserve will help them do this by providing the liquidity that, that, that they will be able to uh, effectively uh, spread out the payments. But, you know, the, the, other, the worst case scenario is a possibility, certainly. Uh, if if what happens if it happens along the lines of what you're talking about, um, it's a lot of uncertainty. What, what, how will the markets handle that? Are they going to sit by idly and say, "Well, this is really messy, but it looks like it's all going to work out ultimately, so uh, we're not going to get too rattled"? Or is all of that uncertainty and uh, g- going to lead to problems in equity markets uh, and perhaps? Uh, there would be choices made about cutting back on spending in, in many places, and uh, could that? Uh, how could that affect growth in the U.S. and the world? And could it tip one or both into recession? So certainly, in the worst case scenarios, if any of these events of a default or a dramatic cutback in 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 government spending, if any of these things happen, then it certainly can cause a recession, and that can spill over not only into a a global recession, but we could see um, you know, financial stability problems again and so forth, uh, because um, if there is a recession, the, the claims that many banks have may not be quite what we value them at today. So far, we haven't seen much sign of the, the market um, panic. I think the, the current view is that, there, that a deal will be done. I, I guess I, I wouldn't be surprised if it took somewhat longer than, than the markets expect. I, I think many uh, people who were predicting thought it would last a few days. I guess we've already pretty much gone a week. There doesn't seem to be any negotiations or any settlement in sight on, on, on these issues. Uh, it may well take a, a longer time. I think as we go more and more, uh, there will be more more worrying and the markets will, will start to react. But it is quite interesting how little they have reacted so far in the judgment, at least when you talk to people, is that they believe a deal will be done. As I say, I'm not, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the case, but on the other hand, I'm not so sure that it will be so worrying, so badly damaging if, if a deal isn't done. Uh, it won't be good, for sure, and as things accumulate, uh, it will get a worse and worse effect, even in the medium-term scenario. But it may not be doomsday unless somebody does something which um, would, would be perhaps unnecessary, like default or something like that. I see that Goldman Sachs has estimated uh, that a week-long government shutdown, which I guess we're quickly approaching, um, would subtract uh, 0.3 percentage points from GDP in the fourth quarter. That's on an annualized basis. So I suppose that um, you could extrapolate from that and see if it went um, two weeks or three weeks or something like that, that, that as you say, the, the effects would start to accumulate. Let me ask you about uh, an idea that is put out there from time to time. I don't know that people understand very well, and that's the idea of minting a trillion-dollar platinum coin to create new cash reserves. I know that that sounds a bit gimmicky at first, but then some would argue that shutting down the government and threatening default are extreme and unprecedented measures might require unprecedented responses. But um, it's also true that the Treasury creates money out of thin air every day uh, by selling bonds and so forth. So is 
is the idea of a trillion dollar platinum coin really so different in principle? And maybe you want to explain how that would work a little bit also. So this was discussed a little bit at the conference. There are various technical ways of getting around these limits. So uh, under the debt limit, coins are not included. So it is indeed possible, apparently, to do that, to, to mint up a, a trillion dollar coin and finance it, the, the government that way. Uh, my own view is that they probably won't do that. Um, there are various other things that they can do, apparently, depending on the, the technicalities of who actually owns the gold, whether it's the Federal Reserve or the Treasury, and there's a split between those. So there are various these kinds of gimmicky things that the government could do. Um, my guess is they won't resort to them. They said they won't, um, and it's it's difficult to know what exactly they will do, but I would be surprised if they did any of these things. What other important things um, would it be good to understand about the situation that we're in that, that maybe aren't immediately apparent to to observers? I, I think the most important thing, which I think the press hasn't done a very good job of, of doing because um, there isn't that much research on, on how this situation will play out, but there is now much more than there was uh, in August 2011, is that um, we we don't have to default, and the incentives all are at the beginning to say we are going to. So they do paint these doomsday scenarios in, in, among the politicians, but um, that, that's not necessary that we have to do. It may happen, um, but we don't have to do that. And that we do have this, this debt clause, which um, does say that the, the debt of the U.S., government shall not be questioned, and I think that that's a factor which isn't being discussed enough in the press, and also this issue of first in, first out, and also the press should go back and look at what other governments and other administrations have said when faced and asked questions about these kinds of issues in the past, which um, is is done in the appendix of the book, there's a very nice section by uh, Hal Jackson and two of his... um, students at Harvard that, that looks in, in a very careful way about previous statements about these things. So what you're saying is, despite the politics and despite the confrontation, and even if there's no compromise uh, between the two sides, you're saying that there are still uh, various avenues uh, for the active government behind the scenes to avoid um, a default, at least for some some reasonable period of time. Is that correct? So that's that's my view, yes. And I, I think one of the interesting facts is I think both sides know that. <laughs> I know one of the things Republicans have tried to do is to pass these laws to prioritize the the interest uh, so that that would, would happen by statute. They didn't get through both houses, of course. But I think one of the reasons there's so much intransigence is a realization that there isn't Armageddon out there unless somebody makes a mistake. It may happen that we end up in a terrible situation, but it needn't work out that way. And I I think that's made both sides prepared to take a harder line than they were prepared to in the past and why we're going down uh, down this road. I mean, I think if if you'd gone back a week, most people didn't expect we would be where we are today. 
uh, with very little movement on either side. And uh, it will be interesting to see where we are uh, another week, another month from now. All right. Well, thanks very much for chatting with us today. Uh, I'm sure we're all looking forward to see how this thing works out. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.